Welcome. Bonjour. Vous écoutez le podcast Dirty Feet sur les ondes de No More Radio. You're listening to the Dirty Feet podcast on the No More Radio Network. Nous sommes vos animateurs et animatrices. We are your hosts, Alison Burns, J.D. Papillon et Stéphanie Morin-Robert. Listen in. Écoutez. We're going to move you. This week, I'm going to be speaking with Trudy Lee Gale, who is a Toronto-based uh, theater and dance artist. And the reason that I have the opportunity to speak with her today is because she's uh, one of the performers in the show The Adventures of a Black Girl in Search of God, which is a co-production between the Centaur Theatre, the National Arts Centre in Ottawa, and uh, Black Theatre Workshop here in Montreal as well. The play opened last night, and uh, I had the opportunity to see it, so I have some context here while we're while we're speaking with Trudy about the show. I will be circling back to the show itself, but I do want to start quickly with uh, with Trudy and uh, where she comes from, where she studied, and all the rest. Trudy, thank you for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> so. The thing that intrigued me most about your bio, uh, I see that you have a Bachelor of Fine Arts from York University, which we're familiar with. You also did a independent study program at the Ailey School in New York. This is, of course, uh, associated with the Alvin Ailey Dance Company. And uh, from your description, I understand it's kind of like uh, a university degree, but stripping all of the, the classes that you don't necessarily need if you uh, if you've already done a BFA. So the all the written work, and you really got to dance this program. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, since I went to York and had that BFA, I was really excited just to jump straight into like full time technique class. So it was pretty amazing. Um, the building itself also houses the first company, Alvin Ailey American Dance Theater. It houses Ailey Two, um, as well as all of the different sort of school um, divisions and the regular drop-in classes that anyone can come and take. So um, it was an incredible environment to be in. And just in your in your description of this before we started recording, you were kind of talking about any which way you could get yourself down there and, and study at the. At an institution that had to do with Alvin Ailey. Um, was that your goal? Were you looking into other different uh, programs where you could continue training technically in dance, or was this really where your focus was? Um, I, didn't, I didn't really foresee it. Uh, they generally do an audition tour for the school, so I got wind of the fact that they were going to be having auditions in Toronto um, at the Betty O for the summer intensive. So I actually auditioned and got accepted to a seven-week summer intensive program at the Ailey School. And when I was there for the summer intensive, then I auditioned for the independent study. And that's how seven weeks turned into three years. <laughs> it's a two-year program. And then after that, um, any foreign or international student can stay for another 12 months where you're able to work in your field. So, Something else I noticed is that you this is not your first theater dance credit. And I'm wondering, because both the York program and this program you've described uh, are very uh, dance-specific, dance-heavy, I'm wondering if this was uh, a choice that you made to go more towards the theater dance side of things, uh, or if you do do a lot of, of dance dance. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm doing I'm doing both right now. I sort of love them both, and I'm not willing to sort of do one ex exclusively, one or the other. I have always loved concert dance, but I've, I also think I've been 
enough of a character that I've wanted to act and sing as well. Um, dance in and of itself is absolutely still theater. Like you really are in a character when you're on stage. But I found that I also really enjoyed, um, yeah, the aspect of singing at the same time. And I just sort of felt like I could get the best of everything being a part of the theater world as well. So I would definitely, um, I would definitely miss dance, concert dance, if I was strictly doing theater. But um, I'm very happy, I suppose. I feel like I found the medium with a lot of uh, music theater. Yes, I, I noticed you didn't add the call at the end of music because um, I, I have been told this, this production does involve dance and music heavily, but we cannot call it a musical. That's not how you would define it, correct? No, it's absolutely, it's not, it's not a musical in the sense that, I mean, the elements of musical um, theater, certain elements are there in terms of music helping to carry the story and being sort of a, a constant thing throughout the show. So it's absolutely an integral part of the show. However, it's not, um, the music itself, we're not literally carrying the story through the music by singing, you know, literal things like now I'm climbing a tree and now I'm jumping in a pond or the things that musical theater really does where you're literally singing everything you're feeling and saying and sort of singing dialogue with a person. Music theater does a lot of that. This uh, show does a lot of melding uh, the world of Western music with um, traditional African music. A lot of the things we're singing are, sometimes they're, they're not words, they're not English words, because as opposed to being singers, we're actually instruments. And so a lot of the sounds are meant to sound like uh, drums, like percussion instruments and the things we say. So when people are saying, well, what are they singing? We're not, some of these words are not English words per se. They're really meant to sound like instrumentation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it struck me that the, the musical aspects of the show, rather than um, forwarding or pushing the plot forward, were instead infusing it with more emotion or atmosphere. Right. And it's there's certain uh, songs like uh, that are named for characters in the show. So it's sort of like everyone has a, a theme song and it sort of helps to bring about um, an energy, a feeling, an environment that sort of encapsulates who they are. So it sort of helps to create the scene and the scenery. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and you, I should mention, are one of, uh, would you call it a chorus? Yes, we, I guess you could say on, ensemble, we, we call ensemble. ourselves an ancestor chorus. Okay. So the ensemble is a chorus of ancestors that are directly related to the main character. So we play family members that have passed on. And so there is an incredible uh, link between everyone in the show and in the way we move and the way we connect and we, we create physical contact with one another. Um, it's, it's incredible. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, very conscious that I don't want to give too much away because it really was a, a beautiful discovery to see the show. Um, but I do, I do think it's fair to say that there are, there are a few like lead characters and then yes, of course, this, this ancestral mm -hmm. um, ensemble. ensemble. Mm -hmm. and, and what 
you guys do in the ensemble is is quite extraordinary because you move between being characters and being elements. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, we we move between, you know, like singing sort of Greek chorus to being part of the set. So um, we are trees, we are water, we are elements, uh, exactly as you said, um, that help sort of make up the story. And it sort of makes sense since we play these people that are like partially in the spirit realm, you know, and, but partially, partially watching in the spirit realm, but partially the actual elements and things you become once you sort of uh, pass on or cross over, as we say. And this is incredible work that Vivian Scarlett, the choreographer, mm-hmm. has done to to really yeah. uh, n- not just evoke these these elements, but also have you move so smoothly between mm-hmm. them. And I would like to know, as a performer, your perspective on that mm-hmm. transition. Yeah, um, Vivian, she uh, she uh, was a part of this production the first time around, the original one. So she choreographed it way back then and danced danced it herself so she uh this was perfect like she she's done it she's experienced it you know everything that she asked us to do and it was it just sort of happened you know and it i think it's what made it the transition happen literally from being people to elements and objects is just that it's still a part of the way you move as a human and as a person, you know, the way you, we see ourselves as pedestrian when we walk down the street, but it's very easy to sort of become a tree, you know, stand still, put your arms in a certain position, whatever it may be. And also the power that exists in numbers, you know, mm-hmm. you think, well, maybe if I'm standing here all by myself, it wouldn't quite, it doesn't quite have the same effect as it does when there's 14 of us all standing and moving together. Um, it's very, it's very intricate. We worked a lot on fluidity of the movement. So, in that trend, in those transitions, you know, how how do how do we make them seamless? And um, yeah, Vivine and and the, and Janet herself, the writer and co-composer and director of the show, Janet Sears, she is very involved in the process, and that also helped a lot. That also helped a lot. So, she in and of itself, in and of herself, is incredible because it's one thing to write and then just sort of give it away to someone else to direct but you know she she directed this so she was extremely hands-on and she helped provide a lot of context for us you know someone can give you steps to dance and notes to sing but context helps so she would very often say okay you know this is what you're doing here this is why we need this transition you're carrying the story or the character from a to b and it helps you put it in your body when you have the added context mm-hmm. yeah there isn't necessarily um a detailed history of each character on stage but if you care to look you can see relationships between mm-hmm. these ancestors yeah we do definitely try to create that everyone absolutely has their own character so even though the audience may not have completely been given that context even as an ensemble as an ancestor chorus you know this is still it's still a theater piece we were all still Hmm. um given homework so to speak and asked to really 
give our characters some context. Who are we to the lead characters and how are we connected to one another? And so we all had to bring that to the table um, and figure out how to, how to demonstrate that. You were speaking about the power of, of numbers, which is definitely true, but there's also a power in subtlety in this work. There's, there's a lot of um, stillness and, and small movements, mm-hmm. and they can be so, so effective and also demanding. Sometimes it's a lot easier to be moving around than standing still on stage. It is. You build up a different sort of stamina when you are in stillness. Or, ask, or as you said, asked to move very slowly. It's, it definitely builds um, an endurance in your muscles and, and in your focus. Um, it's, it's, it's very intricate, even when we're moving slowly. Um, no different than the, the way the lead actors have cue lines and blocking and lighting and things that they need to get bang on. We have all of those same elements. So it might look like we're not moving at all or like we're moving very slowly, but we're still going off of the text from the actors, the lighting, um, the music, and all sorts of things to know when we move and transition. And then at the same time, keeping each other in our periphery to make sure we're moving together. So... Is there any sort of meditation that's allowed while you're... Like, what, what is on your mind while you're in these moments other than waiting for the, the correct cue and making sure you're matching your, your partners? Uh, honestly, we're, we're right there with whatever the main action is that's happening on stage. This is not the sort of show where you kind of just are a frozen statue and you get to sort of like drift off into la la land and then you just spring back into action when your cue comes uh even in the stillness because we need to still embody um our characters and who we are it's it's physically and emotionally as demanding as it is mentally because you can't you can't lose focus if that sort of makes sense like we you're being water but you can't lose your focus and think you know oh I wonder what I'm gonna have for lunch tomorrow like you still need to be there and be present um we're very conscious of the fact that we depend on each other so maybe whoever's standing next to you or an audience member watching they're seeing you and you need to make sure that you are still directing that energy towards um, what's happening on the stage and what's going on. So um, it's, it's extremely engaging. And you, you've only just begun this journey. This was, this was uh, opening night last night, as I mentioned. And uh, after the Montreal run, you're off to Ottawa. Um, have you done a run this long before? Uh, yes, I have. Uh, I haven't done it in a while, but I, the longest run I've done of a show was about four months. Um, in this case, it's, it's a bit broken up because we we're doing two different venues, as you mentioned. So it's nice to sort of get on the road with each other. Um, and yeah, I'm excited to head to Ottawa with this. And it's, it's sort of nice. It's, it's nice to do a long run because you get, it gets very cushy. It gets very uh, comfortable. Uh, sometimes it's, 
one of the hardest things for me is putting so much work into a production, you know, weeks of rehearsal. And then you have about four shows or a week of shows and it's over so quickly because you've invested so much. I actually enjoy the opportunity to be on a long run. Before I wrap it up, do you have, um, do you have a question you wish I would ask you or anything else to say about the show? Yeah, <laughs> there's so much to be said about this show. I think what I would share, I think, and leave with everyone is that this is... This is a must-see show. Um, maybe everyone says that about their shows, and maybe they're right, you know, in their own right, but this is a must-see show. This is a story about life, love, loss. Um, it, it relates to everyone. It relates to everything, you know, and I feel that a lot of times people say, they want to say, what is the show about? And it's so hard to describe. It's so hard to describe. Um there's uh, religious context, there's context about um, race, what it means to be black in Canada, there's context about gender, there's context about just grief, about loss, um, how, we, how we deal with that, how we cope, <laughs> some of our coping mechanisms, good and bad. Um, there's so many elements in this play, I think you like any great show, you know, you will, you will laugh, you will cry, but you will walk away thinking, you know, differently about what you've seen and hopefully with a bit more insight and depth. Um, it, it, it's, it's amazing. Uh, Janet Sears is an incredible storyteller. She's such an amazing and generous person um, in life. And she, that's what she's put into her work. So this is a must-see show. It occurs to me that we, we discussed or, or you spoke about the, the blend between um, new and old in terms of the sound or, the, or, or Western and African in terms mm -hmm. of the sound. But there's also that present in terms of the, the dance that there is like African dance influence in the choreography. Well, I mean, like, like everything, it's sort of... It fits together in the sense that the show is, it's a Canadian um, story about now, but there's elements of old, as you said. So that's the exact same thing in the dance. Um, Vivine does a lot of uh, West African dance, um, I believe a lot from Guinea. Um, a few other places as well. So some of the movement is very based in that. Uh, some of it is general West African, and then a lot of it is, again, just encompassing elements and objects, you know, in terms of who we are. Um, it's, you kind of got to see it to believe it. You've seen it yourself, um, and it's, it's sort of hard to describe because you can see the elements that are of African or West African dance, but then there's other elements that are just about how do we create water now? Mm -hmm. How do we show, show anxiety or anticipation or, or grief or all of those things that are also a part of traditional Western concert dance? So there's the, there, there are a lot of things fused into it and mm -hmm. it's fused perfectly. Absolutely. Yeah, and I, I do want to say... Um, 
because we we discuss so much the slowness and the stillness um, that the show was not <laughs> dull by any stretch of the imagination. It's really a journey, and it's really uh, extraordinary. There's magic in this show. Absolutely, there is. It just it echoes life. Um, I, I, I you know I I warn people. I say you're going to cry at this show. Be prepared. You're going to cry. Bring your Kleenex. Don't wear mascara. But <laughs> you're also really going to laugh. You are really going to laugh. It is. It's even hard for us, you know, like watching um, either from off stage or when we're on stage to not sort of laugh. Like we tried to get a lot of it out in rehearsal, but it's so heartwarming. It's so heartwarming and just witty and funny and there's something for everyone. Every character is like, oh man, that's exactly what my aunt does and oh, that's totally my dad or oh, that, you know, that all of those elements are there as well when you're watching it. So it's great. Mm-hmm. And that's, that helps when you, when you want to <laughs> emotion out of people if they can relate to, to mm-hmm. what's happening in the story. Well, I wish you all the best with the rest of the run, Trudy. Thank you so much for, for joining me today. I've been speaking with Trudy Lee Gale, who is one of the cast members, part of the ancestral ensemble in the production, The Adventures of a Black Girl in Search of God. And again, that's playing at the Centaur Theatre here in Montreal. And it's a co-production between them, the National Arts Centre in Ottawa, and the Black Theatre Workshop also here in Montreal. Best of luck. Thank you so much for having me, Allison. Take care. The Dirty Feet Podcast is produced and hosted by Produit et animé par Alison Burns J.D. Pepillon and Stephanie Morin-Robert We have Mainline Theatre, Montreal Improv Theatre and Paula Flalo to thank. Merci pour le soutien. Vous pouvez visiter notre site web, écouter les derniers épisodes, lire notre blog, nous aimer sur Facebook et nous suivre sur Twitter. You can visit our website, listen to past episodes, read our blog, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Show us some love and help us spread the word. Montrez-nous un peu d'amour et aidez-nous à passer le mot.